A warning before we start. This episode includes strong language and discussions about suicide and child sexual abuse. I am the most complicated person you'll ever meet. Like, you can think of me as a miniature universe. Literally. I'm like the fractals of the universe. Teal Swan told me this during our interview in Costa Rica. I have an aspect of me that's like an artist, an aspect of me that's like a temptress, an aspect of me that's serial killer, an aspect of me that's like, all of it, all of it is in me. I'm aware of it as well. (laughs) So I think my complexity is what makes me incredibly unique and the fact that I'm authentic about all of it. I mean, most of us try to hide ourselves. I really don't. Over the last year, I've been trying to figure out who Teal really is and understand her influence. To her followers, she's a savior, a healer. She's Teal Swan, the spiritual catalyst. To her critics, she's a narcissist, a dangerous cult leader, the suicide catalyst. Whatever you feel about her at this point, she is a catalyst. She started something that's grown beyond her control. Now, in the last episode, I'm going to show you just how far her influence goes. And then I'm going to see what she has to say about it. I'm going to have one final interview with Teal. Nobody thinks when they're getting into the business of helping people save their lives that they're going to get accused of uh, the opposite. What are you accused of? Causing people to commit suicide. Mostly. Being only concerned with money, taking advantage of people, the typical stuff they say, oh, running a cult. Yeah. I'm Jennings Brown with Gizmodo, and this is The Gateway. Part 6, Shadows. Last episode, we explored the controversial therapy methods of Teal's therapist, Barbara Snow, how she propagated the notion that satanic cults were abusing children, even though there was never any proof that this was happening, and how she was allegedly planning false memories of satanic ritual abuse in her clients' minds. And now Teal seems to be doing something similar with her followers. A few of Teal's followers and former followers told me that through working with Teal and doing her processes, they had uncovered memories of abuse. Like Justin Oliger, who used to be in Teal's community and did PR for Teal. Teal was doing some kind of energetic process um, on me, with me, however you want to look at it. And I feel as if I accessed a memory that I had suppressed. Justin said he actually had a few memories Teal helped him with. One was from a time he was getting appendicitis surgery. He believes he repressed memories of the nurses intentionally trying to hurt and shame him. The other memories he recovered, he wasn't ready to tell me about. He's still making sense of them. I kept hearing accounts like this, of people recovering memories of serious trauma. That's not the stated goal of the completion process, but it does seem to happen a lot and I didn't fully understand why, until I saw this video. It's of Teal working with someone on stage at one of her workshops in late 2014. Teal stands out on the relatively dull stage. 
She's wearing this bright sapphire blue and gold dress. The woman next to Teal, I'll call her Ashley. She's telling Teal about some of the upsetting things her mom did to her as a child and grappling with their relationship. That's like what I don't understand because like my mother was seemingly caring and everything. Nuh-uh. But like I remember being happy, so like age four, and then things like slowly started going south and then like bam. What if I told you that there's a hell of a lot more you don't remember? Yeah. When I was mentally aware at four, like that means it was predominantly unhappy and I just don't remember. Yes. Well, you got a real run for your money, didn't you? <laughs> the ripe age of four. <laughs> so I just have to do continue to do shadow work to remember yeah. everything at four. Shadow work. It's an idea that was actually popularized by the psychiatrist Carl Jung around the turn of the century. And it's now a common term in new age self-help. The shadow refers to the unconscious mind, often dark elements of yourself that you've suppressed. Shadow work involves confronting these elements and accepting them. Teal has her own brand of shadow work, which she formalized into the completion process where people focus on root traumas from their childhood. Do you understand the process to use? Of shadow work? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so have you, been, have you gotten any success with it? Yeah, I have. Like, I've even come across infant memories. The memory that came back, like, I don't know if I'm misinterpreting the sensations that I got, but I felt like my being when I was a baby felt like my father was trying to kill me. <laughs> When people do Teal's version of shadow work, it's common for them to recall things from when they were an infant. Ashley described this memory of being suffocated by her father. Teal helps her make sense of it. I want you to allow the meaning of each memory experience to come to you gradually. Maybe her father could be holding her and she was too tight in the blankets and she felt like she was being killed and it really was unintentional or else it was intentional. What I want us to do is to suspend judgment and to deal with what is real. What is real is that we felt the way that we felt. And what's real is you were very young, tiny baby, felt like you were being killed. It also matters to my father's murderous, though. Yeah. <laughs> Homicidal. <laughs> Welcome to planet Earth. <laughs> so. Your childhood would horrify most people. I don't remember a lot of it, so. <laughs> well, we can work on that. I want to point out two things here. One, Teal suggests that Ashley has trauma in her childhood that she can't remember. And she's hinting at an answer for why Ashley is struggling, this repressed trauma. I also want to note the certainty in Teal's voice. While therapists like Barbara Snow might suggest their patients have the symptoms of abuse, Teal seems to know that Ashley's childhood was horrific. And she encourages Ashley to do shadow work to uncover those memories. Ashley declined to do an interview with us. But after the workshop, she posted frequently on the Teal Tribe about her spiritual journey. She left a playlist of Teal's videos on as she slept. She practiced Teal's techniques on herself, and she uncovered more memories from her childhood. Four months after the workshop, Ashley wrote that she had recovered memories of being molested as an infant and of being sexually abused for 18 years. She said she realized her life growing up was quite like Teal's and that she had been professionally programmed to forget all the abuse. A month later, Ashley posted that when she was reading a part of Teal's book detailing Teal's childhood, Ashley recovered more dark memories. 
specifically that she had been drugged. Ashley now has a YouTube channel, kind of like Teal's, where she posts videos giving spiritual self-help advice. She speaks out as a survivor of extensive abuse. Cases like this, they make me think that Teal may be reviving the recovered memory therapy that was popular in the 1980s and 90s. This largely discredited idea that repressed traumatic memories from childhood, memories that you need to recover through therapy, are at the root of all your problems. And it's not just Teal pressing people to look at their past in radically different ways. She's training people to do this. After the break, you'll see how recovered memory therapy lives on through Teal's completion process practitioners. It's funny how the brain will show you things. It's like, you know, sliding down a chute. All of a sudden you're in a memory. Teal's business partner, Blake, told me she had trained about 200 completion process practitioners. There are 77 listed on her website. She trains them at her Philia Center or at workshops across the world. And then these practitioners head back home to wherever they live, get online, and guide sessions. Like Melissa, who took me through the process in an earlier episode, and Suzanne. I've dabbled in a couple other healing arts but I find that the completion process is the most powerful modality for healing trauma. My name is Suzanne Heichel, and I've been doing the completion process for three years now because it's my passion. I love it. I'll be doing this for life. Suzanne was one of the very first people Teal trained in the completion process. She says she went to the very first training Teal held in Park City, Utah in 2015. She was one of about 16 people. And it was just sitting at her feet. She had a whiteboard and she was just sharing the psychology of how the mind works and her story of how she brought herself back. When practitioners finish their training, they get a certificate signed by Teal Swan. They're stamped with a replica of the Utah State Seal. And that's especially brazen, considering that Teal's practices were actually investigated by the Utah Department of Commerce Licensing Division. The records show a mental health professional reviewed her videos and had serious concerns about her methods. The state issued Teal a $500 citation for practicing mental health without a license in February 2017. They tried to contact Teal, and her then-husband, Alay, responded saying that his wife is an international public figure who needs to focus on her work. And he said, since they have relocated to Costa Rica, quote, this matter is no longer a part of your jurisdiction. The state eventually passed on the fine to a debt collector. When we asked the Utah Lieutenant Governor's Office if they had authorized the use of the state seal, they told us it was a violation and then sent Teal a cease and desist. Teal's team told me the last time they used the seal was on June 1st. But regardless of Teal's accreditation, people are doing this process all over the internet, around the world. It's all online. I have two that live right in the area, but other than that, all of it's online. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, Australia, Latvia, Finland. I had a girl from Siberia. Suzanne says she has seen between 400 and 500 clients since 2015. 
She used to have three appointments a day, but it was too emotionally intense. So she only does one a day now, at $125 a session. And of all those clients she's connected with online, she estimates 30% have been severely abused. There are those people too. I'd say maybe 30% are the real traumatic abuse victims. Some of them know it, some of them don't. She means some of these abuse victims didn't know they'd been abused until they did the completion process and believe they'd recovered memories of abuse. Suzanne brings up one client in particular, a woman in California who found her online. You know, I just had a girl and we came to three memories of three different times she was abused sexually as a little girl. She saw the house very clearly. She remembered the house and she couldn't see the people that did it. They were shadows, but she knew they were babysitters. So that was huge to see that. Did you have previous memories of, of that instance at all? Not at all. But she just had gone through a huge crisis in her life where she was very suicidal. Kind of had a psychotic break in a way, like with life. And so through working with you, she was able to realize that it was that, that traumatic yes. memory of abuse? Yes. That was the cause of the self-hate and uh, rejection of herself. And yeah. Suzanne says the completion process can help you find the memory at the root of your emotional issues. Literally, by sitting in the emotion, it's like the, the gateway to following it. Your subconscious mind will literally open up. Some people get a full-blown memory. Some people get maybe a picture of a bed or their teddy bear or something like that. And it's like sliding down a chute. All of a sudden, you're in a memory. But what if that memory didn't actually happen? But it feels real. So you still have to cope with this traumatic experience that is now a part of your identity. As I've said before, this whole notion that your brain hides traumatic memories from you, that we repress traumatic experiences and can recover them years later in therapy, there's just no scientific evidence that memory works that way. Suzanne's trajectory is like many practitioners. Teal bestows upon them a certificate, spiritual credentials to administer her process for payment. Then they go home and start working with clients who find them online. If you go to Teal's website, you can find completion process practitioners with all sorts of specialties. Depression, PTSD, incest, cult abuse. They're ready to take clients through the completion process online, anytime. And these practitioners, like Suzanne, are trying to help people. But in some cases, they might be causing more harm than good. I talked to Teal about her healing methods out in Costa Rica but I've done a lot more reporting since then. I had more questions for Teal. Like, does she see the danger in memory recovery? Does she hold herself accountable for the harm she may be causing people? People like Justin or Ashley or Leslie? So Jessica and I went out to Salt Lake City to ask her. Are you nervous at all? Am I nervous? Yeah, but I'm trying not to think about it. It looks like it's on the left. Oh, it's that. It's that big thing on the... All right. We're going up the driveway. After the break, I have a final interview with Teal.
Teal was in Utah to host an intimate workshop for the weekend. She said I could meet her the night before the participants arrived, at this Airbnb McMansion she rented as a venue. As soon as I walk in, I see some of the members of her intentional community. Hey. hey how's it going? How's it going? Come on in. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Teal meets me in the living room, and she's wearing an elegant white lace floor-length dress. It wouldn't be out of place at a bohemian wedding. She sits on the couch, and I sit adjacent to her on a chair. People are sitting on the stairs going up to the second story, and they're sitting on the floor. Blake is here, Teal's business manager. And so is Lynn, Blake's fiance, the one who wanted to take me through the completion process when I was triggered by the screaming in Costa Rica. And there's a few other people I met out in Philia. Behind me, directly in Teal's eyesight, is her devoted right-hand woman, Graciela. She also told me she had uncovered memories of abuse from her childhood. She considers Teal her real family now. All these members of Teal's intentional community, they're all surrounding us, silent, watching, as Teal and I sit in the middle of the living room. Interviewing Teal is unlike any conversation I've ever had. It often felt like we were speaking different languages. Sometimes she would remind me that she knows infinitely more than I do, even about myself. Like when she told me she could see inside my body. I'm watching the blood going through your veins. I'm watching the way your heart's pumping. I'm watching the digestive system. I can see your bones. If I zoom in, I can look at specific genetics if you'd like me to. I can see what's happening with your, you're dehydrated, for example. I can see that your cells are not doing what they need to do in terms of taking nutrients in and out. So I'm looking at all of that. Can you tell me like what I ate this morning? <laughs> it's probably all digested and gross. Yeah, it's all digested and gross. But you ate wheat. Can I tell you why I know that? Yeah, why do you know that? Because it's causing an inflammation in your intestines. Oh, so you're saying I'm, I'm gluten intolerant? Mm. Most people are to some degree, but yes. Okay. So we talked a lot about Teal's abilities, but one of the main reasons I was there, I wanted to understand Teal's beliefs on memory and how that could affect the people she works with. Now, there's an important distinction I want to make. I know that a lot of Teal's followers say that her teachings save their lives. She encourages people to have conversations about their emotions. Her teachings allow people to open up about their mental health without shame. I'm not worried about every follower, but there is a very specific segment that I am worried about. The people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts, who are maybe isolated from a support network and who might trust in Teal's self-proclaimed authority, like Leslie. In our first conversation, you said you were especially stressed about the controversy surrounding Leslie. Do you yeah. not see that as a mistake? Fuck no. Leslie was no mistake at all. I did not make a single mistake with Leslie, in fact. So you said this, like you kind of gave it a decision, like you need to commit to life or commit to death and you're in between. Yeah, I tell her that all the time because that's what it what was. That was the reality. And she agreed. If I, I imagine if I were in that position like that, I would feel like I have to like decide. I, like, I would feel like, oh, shit, I have to commit to life or commit to death. I guess I have to commit to death. No, that's not how people go with that. No? That's not where people go with that at all. Well, that's where she went with it. No, she went there because I was gone. But you, if you knew that that could be a possibility, like why didn't you set her up with somebody who could possibly be there for her? Because like, I'm, did you... I'm not her provider. I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm noticing a lot of these people are realizing the trauma of their childhood was a lot more severe when they work with you. Mm -hmm. 
and they're finding they're uncovering a lot more abuse. I mean, was she digging up deeper things, and was that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really remember that well what she was digging up versus what she came to me with. There's there's a lot of different views, obviously, on on memory and oh repressed memory. We're going here now, are we? My opinion is that memory is both incredibly accurate and incredibly fallible. If there is any type of memory that comes up, it is for very good reason. What I'm encouraging people to do, because I'm, I am nervous about the false memory thing, is I'm telling them to consider that it's valid, not be obsessed about whether it's real or not, just sort of suspend judgment, continue doing this type of work. And then you will eventually know whether one thing is true or not. I wonder, like, when people are unco- like are dealing with these repressed memories or going back to these things and they're, they're suicidal. Do you ever think that that affects them? Like, I have to imagine if I'm if I'm there and I find out that I've either uncovered or repressed um, a, a memory of my father abusing me, and I'm already like in a bad place. And then you then you say like you got to commit to life or death. Well, I'm not going to argue with the fact that that is going to cause a flare up of symptomology. Yes, mm-hmm. but what is the alternative? Things that you're going to drug mean, yourself out for the rest of your life. I mean, I'm going to get something that's been clinically tested, and but it doesn't work. You're going to be in the same damn position. You're not going to be able to have relationships. They're going to be totally shitty. You're going to have attachment trauma that makes it so that you can't make anything function, and you won't know why. Mm-hmm. So there's, if you don't know why, there's no hope of solving it. You seem to have such an understanding. I mean, you're, you're using all these terms and everything that I, I don't, I don't know because I didn't study psychology. But you also seem to have an active disdain for the psychological community. So where are you getting all these, and why are you using them if you hate it all? For a way of understanding. If I, if I'm sitting down, that is something that somebody understands. So if I sit down and I say borderline, that word will tell somebody who's a psychologist. 15 pages of what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of communicating. That's all it is. Okay. And that's what... Where am I getting it from? Yeah. I have a photographic memory. So you're getting it from all your past therapists? Yeah. I mean, a lot of information happens. <laughs> this is the problem with you and me. Okay. If you have the access that I have to universal consciousness, I can pull information like you'd never believe. I mean, from everywhere. What's, what's, what do you mean by universal consciousness? Let's imagine that every thought that's ever been thought exists. It's like a, it, we're imagining, okay. No, you know, like that's reality. You said let's imagine. Every, yeah, but you're imagining, but like okay. this is reality, okay? Every thought that has ever been thought exists in this quantum soup. You can pull it down. That means that if you have the capacity to do that, they call it the Akashic Records. If you're tapped into the Akashic Records, you have access to all kinds of information, leagues and leagues worth of information that most people would have to go to school for years and years to understand. I can download it. Akashic Records? Akashic. They call call it Akashic Records, but it's just literally, it's every thought that has ever been thought exists. But (laughs) it's like you're able, I mean, you, it seems like you can pull from that for some things, but... Like in Costa Rica, you're saying, I wish I, I could speak different languages. Yeah, I have an issue with that. Like, how, do you, how does it, how does it work some know. ways and some ways not? I feel, you know what? I've actually been trying to figure this out for myself. Yeah. I haven't put enough energy into it, but I haven't figured out why it works for some things and not other things. What are yeah. things that it works particularly well with? For me, medicine. What do you know about medicine? I'm a medical savant. That's the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. 
It's where my interest is, and it's literally like I just sponge. Mm-hmm. It's been that way since I was young. Sort of bummed I didn't go into surgery. Well, I'm not bummed because I would probably be put in jail by now. But like, why would you be put in jail? Um, because I refuse. I really would be one of those surgeons who refuse to operate according to the laws that the insurance companies set out that are stupid. You're saying because you have access to all, you know, all of this, and because you have abilities and your experience you are able to help, you've developed this process that helps people who are going through severe trauma and suicide. Yeah. Me, outside of all that, how do I know I can trust that? And does that just come down to faith? No. It comes know. down to how desperate are you. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like a good, like... No, it has I'm, to be. It has to be. Out of desperation. How I'm do sure. you know you can trust a psychologist? Because Half of them are just regurgitating information that was given to them by some idiot who came before. I mean, there are, there's accountability. And there, I know you don't like these processes. No, I don't like these processes. It's, it's some sort of system <laughs> that I can see and that like there are people behind it. But with you, there's, there's nothing. There's my blind faith in what you're doing. What do you, no, there's desperation. It's people that so have fine. gone through every process you've just described and it hasn't worked. But have you like test these, like any sort of clinical trials? Yeah, that's any- what we're doing. We're in the middle of it. What do you mean? We're literally in the process of setting up an entire clinical trial around the completion process. How does... I, with you... a psychiatrist who agrees with me. So, Teal caught me off guard with that one. She told me she wanted to go through clinical trials so that it can be used in psychiatric wards and by places that take insurance. In order to do that, she needs to work with a psychiatrist. I'm Yassine. Yeah, my name is Yassine Chaudhary. I'm an integrative psychiatrist, a trauma specialist. Yasin is a medical director at a women's prison in New Mexico, and he's a completion process practitioner. He's also done promotional videos for the completion process on Teal's YouTube page. Not exactly an impartial researcher. I should also clarify that there's still a ways off from a clinical trial. Yasin is collecting case studies, a precursor to a clinical trial. I asked Yasin whether he thought the completion process was safe for people who are having suicidal thoughts. Right now, we don't know whether it's safe or not, so I would not recommend it. I would be cautious in taking an acutely suicidal patient directly into the into a trauma work because the industry standard says don't do trauma work in acutely suicidal patients. So the industry standard specifically recommends not to do trauma work with patients with suicidality. But Teal told me that the completion process her form of trauma work is meant to help people who are having suicidal thoughts. And remember, she wants her platform, thecompletionprocess.com, to be an alternative to the suicide prevention lifeline so that anyone can go to the site and start the process anywhere, anytime. A year ago, I set out to understand Teal and how her brand of spirituality affects her followers online and in person. I wanted to understand her influence as she and I sat in that living room, surrounded by the members of her intentional community. She made it clear. She knows exactly what kind of power she has over her followers. And she told me how she feels about it. Nobody thinks when they're getting into the business of helping people save their lives that they're going to get accused of the opposite. What are you accused of? Causing people to commit suicide. Mostly. Being only concerned with money taking advantage of people, the typical stuff. They say, oh, running a cult. What do you say to that? What do I say to the fact that I run a cult? Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people are going to demonize me because of my honesty. 
I have the perfect recipe for a cult. Perfect recipe. I have a demographic of people who are miserably isolated, lonely. They need belonging desperately. It's literally the demographic that needs to find somewhere to belong. Now, if you get that is the recipe for a cult. That's it? My, yeah, well, no, that's not it. That's not what creates a cult. That's the recipe for a cult. So you have the recipe? I have the recipe for a cult. And I fucking know it. And that's what makes me safe. If I went south, I have the perfect demographic of people to work with. What do you mean? That's what makes, makes, my, it makes the necessity for me to be in alignment so incredibly intense. These people are desperate. These people need my approval. These people will do whatever the hell I say. The only reason that it is not steered there is because of my ethics. I, under, I lived in a cult. There's nothing fucking worse than being accused of leading a cult when you grew up in one that's particularly horrific. Which is why there is no financial you know, buy-in like there is in a typical cult. There is no consequence for leaving. People do it all the time. Um, I teach people to follow their own internal guidance system. It's probably the worst thing you could ever do if you want to have a cult, for example. So no, I think it's complete fucking bullshit that they say that I have a cult, but I do have the recipe for one and I know it. And that's what makes me safe. Safe from what? Safe from creating one. I started working on this story wondering whether or not Teal is a cult leader. But I came out of it wondering if our typical understanding of a harmful cult is even useful in the internet age. It's easier than ever to distort narratives, to create revisionist histories and twist our understanding of current events. But I think Teal might be taking it a step further. She might be getting people to warp their own memories, creating an alternate version of their personal narrative. And if someone pushes you to form new, detailed memories of trauma, this memory implantation could itself be a kind of violence. Teal is building this new brand of spirituality online. She could be giving new life to the harmful trauma therapy that festered during the satanic panic and infusing it with the metaphysical, then packaging it all up into memes, captivating YouTube videos, and lifestyle posts. And then she targets people who are suffering, desperate. She talks openly about suicide in a way no one else does. There's not much competition. So it's easy to disseminate her ideas and fill the minds of seekers. Teal's followers can go through an entire spiritual awakening through their screen. And some of them even become completion process disciples. Many of them are using the tools of the internet to build their own spirituality brands. They're taking what they learned from Teal and expanding on it. I work with the completion process. The completion process. Completion process services. Especially effective for people with severe trauma. The root cause of the issues going on. Abandonment issues, rejection issues. Ritual abuse, physical abuse. A method of inner child emotional contact with the inner child. You go into some memories. Find these images from back then to it come goes up. back to an original point of trauma. Past traumatic events. Past trauma. Things that Especially up until age eight. It's going into the emotions, allowing the things to surface no matter how they Unconscious mind. I don't know if Teal has created a cult through the internet, but what Teal has created. It's just as insidious.
You've said that like one of the problems with the completion process is it can lead to self-harm and suicide. Yeah, I'm saying it's a risk. I mean, this process drags you deep into what it is that's causing the trauma. It isn't usually buried unless there's a good reason to bury it. You're putting it online for yes. the masses. I mean, it, it seems like it's, it's pretty hard to control the risks when, you're, when it's out into the world. Yes, but there's a, there's a certain point that you get to where you have to ask yourself the question. Are you willing to take the risk for the potential of somebody completely changing their life or let them suffer? And for a lot of people, the risk is worth it. So with any... Anything's a risk. My God, if you meditate, it's a risk. If you drink too much water, it's a risk. Life is a risk. <laughs> like Everything's a fucking risk. I'm like done. I'm done playing it safe. I'm not going to be the kind of person who lives my life safely so that I arrive at death safely. I'm not going to do that. If something fucking matters, and it really does, it really matters. Because our mental health system is a fucking disaster. So if it matters, I'm going to stand up for it. If they call me nuts and a revolutionary and dangerous, then fine. Crucify me if you fucking have to. You've been listening to a Gizmodo podcast hosted by me, Jennings Brown. The Gateway is produced by Jessica Glazer and Emily Pontecorvo at Fusion Media Group and edited by Barry Finkel of Pineapple Street Media. Additional production help by Levi Sharp and Mitra Kaboli. Mondana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Editorial oversight by Kelly Bourdais. Original score and mixing by Hannes Brown. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Mario Aguilar, Marina Galperina, and Susie Banakaram. If you or someone you know is having suicidal thoughts, you can speak with someone by confidentially contacting the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. Both provide free anonymous support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs>